Welcome to another fun film Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Mr. Keenan McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps today. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, too, you can catch our other live shows that, that airs throughout the week. So, but to miss them, you can go back and watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports on Chicago, you can follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Please follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You want to catch our audio version of this show? You can subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, at War on Anchor on all podcast platforms. And while you're at it, please give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Please follow War Media on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions due our, to our extravaganza, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always hit us up in the comments section on our Facebook page at Sports Zone Chicago or at Sports Zone Chicago's YouTube page. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. McKenna will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid or goofy, I've given Lakina full power to give you full spiel and be a boot. Bye-bye. I love when she says that. <laughs> but before we begin, we must remind you that you can also catch Sports on Chicago, now available on Roku TV. That's right. So give the program, celebrate with the squad. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just uh, tap on that sports folder and download Sports on Chicago through that avenue. If you don't have a Roku TV, we know you have a bunch of handheld devices laying around, your iPhone, iPad, iTouch, Android phone your personal PC or your Chromebook. Just download that Roku TV app and access Sports Show Chicago that way. So celebrate with the squad, no more excuses, and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. Whenever and wherever you want. Now, say we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> on this edition of Second City Sports, we'll have Mike Chen, who covers the Buckeyes and the Irish at one to talk, yo, national championship, also to some college hoops as the uh, conference uh, plays in full swing. Uh, Illinois had an up and down week, but we'll talk to him about that. And also, of course, you know, old school TV Monday, NBA Bulls got a nice win. They got a big win tonight. But first, we're going to talk some NFL. And of course, the Bears mercifully, you know, in their season, <laughs> ended their season. They thank the Lord. Uh, with a 29-13 loss to the Minnesota Vikings. We'll get to uh, Minnesota and, and such. But, you know, but thanks to also, too, uh, the Texans coming back and being the Colts, it, you know, that means that the Bears have clinched the number one pick. You know, thanks to Lovey Smith, who, you know, who, he got, you know, let go. I don't know if there was, you know, there was some other that happened there. But, yeah, we'll get to all that, the Black Monday stuff in a second. But going into the, the Bears and what this will mean long term for them, you know, I'm seeing like some people already like in a tizzy. You know, we'll, we'll get to like on the field stuff first. Of course, Justin Fields didn't play because of a hip muscle, hip uh, flexor, and you know some other guys didn't play either. So it was sort of 
uh, Tim Boyle, not to be confused with our good friend uh, Pat Boyle in front of the show. <laughs> uh, and no relation, I, I don't think. But, uh, you know, he got the start after Peterman got, got a couple of series and you know, there was interceptions, you know, and such. But, you know, it is what it is with the Bears. You know, they finished 3-14. That's the most losses ever in their franchise history. So, so what do you think? I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't watch a single minute of that game because it really didn't mean anything. I really didn't care at that point. Just for the season to be <laughs> over with. So, uh, Sid, go ahead. What you? What, what are your thoughts? I'll one-up you. I only uh, turned to the game twice. I watched a total of two minutes. <laughs> so, I beat you by a couple minutes. Yeah, say, yeah you beat me. Yay! <laughs> but here's the thing. I tried to limit uh, the Bears chatter that I, I've heard over the last 24 hours. And we'll get to it as the weeks and months uh, uh uh, come by until the April 27th NFL draft. But uh, thing about the Bears, the media future, there's, a, of course, there's always a chance that the Bears can turn this thing around. Now, how soon we shall see. But GM Brian Poles has a bunch of options now that the Bears have the number one pick. You can hold out until the last second to get a heist from some of these teams like Detroit, Houston, whoever else decides to jump in the mix at the last minute. Or do you draft the best player available? Me personally, as of right now, if you had a, held a gun to my head, I said hold out for the best deal possible. I want your first round pick for this year and your first round pick for next year. And maybe give me a second or third round pick, which will accumulate to uh, multiple picks because the Bears still need bodies on this roster. As I told you, Lakina, all season long, if you paid mm -hmm. attention, the Bears' infrastructure is still being built both on the yep. offensive and defensive lines. I think yep. they'll take with their first pick if it's if they stay at number one or trade out if it's still get a, a good first top five first round pick. They'll draft the, they'll draft the, that defensive lineman out of Alabama or Georgia, which we'll bring up with Mike Chen at, at the top of next hour. You need a defensive end. You need a pass rusher that's going to rush the pass. The Bears didn't have that this year. I think you we need a run stopper as well, but you can get that on later in the draft. My two concerns for the Bears going into this offseason, I think it's going to be a majority of defensive-heavy draft, but you need a pass rusher. You could probably get that in free agency as well, but you definitely need some offensive linemen. And most offensive linemen, they are franchise players. You get them in a draft, and that's what the Bears should be focusing on uh, this offseason. Well, it'll be interesting, though, because I know that – I know I saw – we all saw Danny Parks this week from 6-7 to score, another friend of the show. And, you know, yes, the Bears will set the market – but yes, they're going to have 191 million. You know, Ryan Poles had 191 million to play with. But the problem is that he's not going to spend all of that money. He's not. And look, could he probably have to you know, take the number one pick? You know, dangling in front of you know various teams like the Texans, like the Cardinals. We'll get to them in a second, and a few other teams. You know, dangle that in front. Of him. It's like, hey, you know, like a carrot. So like, hey, you know what? You know, we got you know, like a number one pick here. You know, give us some multiple picks. That's what we'll talk. But look, we don't know. I mean, I know everybody wants to say, well, yeah, they can do this. He can do this. He can do that. No one really knows what's going to happen at this point. So I think for everybody that wants to kind of like have their dreams and such, I think people need to just kind of just keep, you know, keep their expectations low and just, you know, settle in because look, what you want may not actually end up happening. So I think people need to just, that's why you guys are doing what you're doing. You're playing with your trade machines and playing GMs and your couches <laughs> and your basements. And that's why they do what they do. You listen to Second City Sports on the Monday edition right here on Sports on Chicago. We're live in Living Color. Sid Lakina here with you discussing the um, – try to predict the, the media future of the Chicago Bears as they finish the 22 season with a 3-14 mark. They're on a current uh, franchise loan, a 10-game losing streak. Uh, they'll attempt to break that at some point ne next season. Lakina, also another shout-out to our – our good friend of the show from Sox on 35th. He was at the game yesterday. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw his tweet. Yeah, oh, Jordan Lazowski. He got mentioned by our girl in 
in front of the show, Layla Rahimi of NBC Five on Sports Sunday last night because his tweet well, went viral because he was at the game yep. yesterday and he called a couple of uh, many Bears fans watching the end of the Houston Indianapolis game um, on the on the not the jumbotron but on the TVs and the concourse and many yeah, Bears fans celebrated, now, yeah. yeah, celebrated that uh, that the Texans will get the number two pick and the Bears will get the number one pick. But I've been um, warning Bears fans all year long, Keenan, you just took the words right out of my mouth, that be careful what you wish for, Bears fans. Uh, will you actually get it? Uh, Ryan Pulse is in a good position. He has many options. He can trade the pick or he could, he could keep the pick. But if he's going to trade the pick, I demand the highest and rightfully so because there are some teams, as you mentioned, Keenan, that they'll uh, – that they'll that they need a quarterback. I know Bryce Young is is mm-hmm. out there. I don't I don't know who the others yet. We'll we'll get to them in due time. But I, I heard this other crazy scenario over the weekend. I don't know if you heard it again. This is some sports Twitter sports talk nineties sports talk BS. <laughs> Draft a quarterback at number one and trade Justin Fields. Are you bleeping kidding me? <laughs> Seriously, Seriously. Yeah, I know Justin Fields is not a finished product yet. But he's not all the trash quarterbacks we watched growing up, Lakina. He's not. It, it's one of those things where you're kind of like, see, this is why I tell people. Like, this is why you're playing with your trade machines, and this is why everything else is sort of secondary. So that all video game like, mentality is like it doesn't work in the real world. It doesn't. Go well, on. Yeah, I mean, look. Well, yeah, look, look. I mean, look. Jalen Carter, you know, who's the uh, the defensive, you know, interior defense defense, but you'll see uh, uh, tonight for a national championship game. though his name's been flowing around. Willie Anderson Jr., who's all SEC edge rusher. Uh, one of the top defenders. Yeah, we'll talk to Mike about that. And I know his name's been floated out there as well for the Bears. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the, look, the whole thing with your know, Bryce Young and such. I mean, do you want to go back to start over? Because you're going to be right back to where you started, especially if you don't make any uh, improvements on the wide receiver side. So I think for people to kind of say that, oh, you know, I kind of saw that tweet too. People were saying, oh, they should trade, you know, draft Bryce Young and you know, trade Fields. I'm like, wait, what? What? That doesn't make any sense. But, <laughs> but I, I digress. Mm-hmm. But look, I, like, I, like I said, I think look, could. You know, look, could he get this right on top of Ryan Pohl? Sure, but could he also screw it up? Yes, that could happen too. So I think people need to kind of just, you know, keep their expectations low and just see what happens. Because, I mean, we, we really don't know. I mean, look, could could, you know, could he nail this? Could they be right there for the taking next year? Could the Bears be a contender? Sure, but Bears could be like right back to where they start, where they started. They could be right back where they are next year. So we just don't know. And I think that's kind of like the number one, like, you know, question here. You have any questions or comments about what the Bears should do this coming off season? You can hit us up on the comment section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your answers or questions in the comment section. Lakina will get the bump on the screen for you. Lakina, uh, we said this too all year long. We were talking, we were talking about the Bears having over $100 million in cash space. They shouldn't spend all that money, and they're not going to spend all, all that money. Here's why. Because about two or three years, I think personally two years from now, Justin Fields will be asking for a, a contract extension. Mm-hmm. Assuming that he improves and stays healthy, and the Bears can make the playoffs next year or the year after, uh, barring health, he's going to be a main reason why. And he's going to ask for a contract extension. And each time the the fields improves and the Bears win games, his price tag goes up. So you have to think about the future. I know some people want them to be the Dallas Cowboys or the or the L.A. Rams to spend all this money mm-hmm. right away, get a championship, and uh, suffer through salary cap hell for the next two or three, four years. I'm not trying to do that. The, the way the NFL business works right now, with a rookie, you have a, con- a quarterback on a rookie contract on a cheap contract. You win now to put those pieces in place, so you don't have to pay it. You pay as much to to win and compete for championships, and then uh, the ones that 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 you deem as a 
as franchise players go forward, you pay them the ones that are expendable, you get rid of them. That's how NFL business is being run today. You don't pay your score, star quarterback the other positions suffer. Look what happened with Russell Wilson in Seattle. Remember the last few years he was begging for them to get out. I need this guy. I need the offensive lineman. Oh, that's right. They couldn't do it because they were paying you. Right, our buddy Lamont Scott. What's up, Lamont? Thank you. Thanks for supporting us as always. He's at Tate Williams and Jr. from, like I said, Ed Russell from uh, Alabama. And every mm-hmm. round they keep rebuilding. But yeah, I mean, like he says, I mean, I think people need to kind of just sort of. Yeah, you know, we just don't know where the Bears' mindset is. We don't know what what Poles' mindset is at this point. I mean, yeah, look, like you said, I mean, could you know he's not going to spend all that hundred ninety one million? Yes, they'll set the market, but here's the problem: they're not going to spend it all. And look, the McCaskies might not want him to spend all that money. So I think for people to just you know to say, and plus you know they might be building a stadium. I know I saw uh, I guess you know uh, Chicago put another pitch for uh, for the Bears to say a soldier failure you know, with the dome and such. You know, we'll probably get to that in, in a later time, but we'll get to that Friday. But I just think that for me, I think you know this whole thing. Look, could you know, look could he get this right, and the Bears could be right there? You'll be a Super Bowl contender, absolutely. But at the same time, though, you could at the same time you could probably end up you know screwing it up, and you know you're right back to where you started. So I think people need to just you know I know people have their dreams and their stars in the line and such. You know, mm-hmm. Devontae Adams, you know DeAndre Hopkins, you know then guys like that. But look, I think mm-hmm. the business of the NFL, I think, is not is a little more complicated than people want to you know want to admit. So I think for people to say that, oh, we can just you know like, like, we eat that salary and such, but no, 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 they, they can't do that. So it, it's really not that simple. And also, too, if if you need a recent template, and we'll get to this team on, um, uh, in depth on on the other side of this break. The Detroit Lions last year under head coach Dan Campbell, which was his first year. They barely won three games. This year, they won nine. And if there's a recent template in your own division, you can look at look at the Lions. You can, but everything has to fall right for the Chicago Bears almost perfectly because the Bears this year had three wins. Can they improve next year? I think they will. How, how many wins? We don't know. We got to see what moves they they complete in free agency. And but the draft is going to be most 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 important because that's where you build your foundation. Yes, you overpaying free agency. That's the name of the game. But your foundation is built through the draft and. The Bears can look at a couple of teams in their division for uh, immediate turnarounds. Minnesota this year by winning division in Detroit, even though they came up one game short of making the playoffs, they went from three wins last year to nine this year. Absolutely, that's a sort of we'll, we'll see what happens with that one. So yeah, it's going to be very interesting there. So we'll we'll talk. Listen, we'll talk more about this. You know, with our girl Christine Manica on Friday, and we'll talk more about this too with others. You know, down the line. But we're going to take a really quick break. We're going to talk the rest of the NFL. You know, the playoff, the Super Wild Card weekend is set. Black Monday is already underway as various coaches, including one team that's cleaning, completely cleaning house. And so much more coming up. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, Second City Sports, Sports on Chicago. More NFL talk right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom.
Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only ten, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. To Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow my Keith McGee on the Twitter and Akina's going to be in the IG. And make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app. And now, Sports Zone Chicago, you can also catch it out on Roku TV. Lakina, let's get into the uh, last weekend of the regular season, week 18. Some of the key games that took place over the last couple of days as the regular season for 2022 is now over. Um, this is the results from Saturday's games. The Chiefs, as expected, they, uh, they blow out the Las Vegas Raiders on the road 31-13. The Chiefs finished the season at 14 wins, which means that they'll get the number one seed overall in the AFC. And then, of course, on Saturday night, the Jacksonville Jaguars, yes, George truly picked them to make the playoffs this year. They take the AFC South by defeating the Tennessee Titans 20-16. to Trevor Lawrence, 20-32, 212 yards and a touchdown. Derrick Henry for the Titans, 30 carries for 109 yards. But Christian Kirk was the man for the Jaguars, six catches for 99 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, uh, we'll get to all the sets of all the Florida teams down there in a second. But, you know, they were 3-7 and seven through the first 10 games, and they became the second team all time to make the playoffs. After starting at 3-7 and seven or worse, the only other team to do that was Washington back a couple of years ago in 2020. So 
it was amazing, you know, the difference uh, coaching makes. I mean, you know, they had, you know, they were down the fourth quarter. They came back. They were able to beat the Titans. They ended up winning the division. So, you know, congrats to uh, Trevor Lawrence. We're going to see him in the playoffs. Doug Pearson is in his first rodeo and the rest of that team. Because, you know, could they perhaps maybe, you know, go far? That might be a bit of a, you know, they may not be ready for that stuff yet. But the fact that they took this stuff, I think it's going to be really, it's really cool. Congrats to that, uh, that organization because they definitely deserve it. Yes, and all the changes that they had uh, throughout the last few years. Now, this is the first successful season they had since that franchise uh, reached the AFC Championship game when they lost to the Patriots back in 2017. To Sunday's action, uh, it was an emotional day. It's expected in Western New York in, in Buffalo, in the city of Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills get two kickoff returns from former Colts running back Naheem Hines as the Bills uh, keep the Patriots out of the playoffs by defeating them at home 35-23. to Josh Allen, 19-31 for 254 yards, three touchdowns in the pick. Ramon Jerry Stevenson for New England, six carries for 54 yards. Stefan Diggs was the man for Buffalo in the receiving department. Seven catches for 104 yards in the fourth quarter score. Yeah, for, you know they had zero uh, kickoff returns for TDs, and of course Nahee Hines. You could feel you could feel the electricity and you know the emotion and such that kickoff you know return. You know you saw if you saw Josh Allen's you know reaction like you know doing this like wait what the heck just happened? Yeah, but you know they were look it was like that for all over the league and such, but it's definitely in Buffalo, and you felt the energy that felt that. You felt that you know electricity that kind of came through. He talked to uh, I'm talking about uh, Demar Hamlin. You know, talked to his you know to his guys before the game, and I think you know we heard uh, Allen's comments afterwards. They really needed that, and you know Hines you know took the you know, the both a punt return and a kickoff return. He was the first guy to do that since Leon Washington all the way back to 08, you know, which is which is crazy. It's been that long since mm-hmm. someone had you know two of those in one game, one one of each in one game. He did have a little bit, you know, that, that interception that Allen threw, you know, in the, in the red zone. You got to clean that up, especially if you're going into the playoffs. But, look, he threw mm-hmm. for three touchdowns. And, you know, James Cook was actually the leading rusher. I know that makes you happy, Sid. He, you know, Allen did not lead the, the team for rushing. But, you know, Diggs, you know, <laughs> Jerry Singletary fumble. They didn't make me happy, but yeah, they were that, able that, to overcome it. Yeah, they, 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 yeah, they didn't. You know, that wasn't even a lot of you know, damage from that one. You know, they only gave him a field goal there. But, yeah, Brown, you know, Diggs, and, of course, you know, Dawson Knox, you know, each had a touchdown catch. So. I think, you know, they clicked a two-seat, and plus, you know, with the fact that they, they couldn't finish that game against Cincinnati, if the Chiefs and the Bengals, and the Bills, I should say, meet each other in the AFC Championship game, it will be a neutral site. So they're still looking for a neutral site. So, you know, that's something to look out for as well. But, yeah, they clinched a two-seat, Buffalo does, and uh, look at that. And, they, you know, they've had a really rough week, week and you know, just it, you know, it really kind of energized the team. So we'll see if they keep that up. Yeah, real quick before we move on, head coach Bill Belichick of the Patriots, or we call him Bill Belichick on this show. I know he's pulling his hair out this morning because of, of, of the, the special teams touchdowns that he gave up. If you really know the history of head coach Bill Belichick, he started off uh, in the special teams department with the Colts back in the day, and they moved his way up with the New York Giants and, and through other organizations. He really stressed his fundamentals on special teams, and, and that was not their finest hour yesterday. So we'll see what New England uh, has going on moving forward into next season. And speaking of Cincinnati, Lakina, the Bengals hold off the uh, Baltimore Ravens without Lamar Jackson, twenty-seven to uh, to sixteen. The Bengals scored twenty-four to twenty-seven points in the first half. Baltimore made a late charge, but the but the Bengals defense comes up big with a fumble recovery for a touchdown late. Also, Anthony Brown, who made his, made his first start for the uh, the Ravens, had two picks, so that didn't help them. Of course, Mark Andrews didn't play either for the for the Ravens. So, you know, that you got to think that you know, hopefully Lamar Jackson can come back or maybe Tyler Hunt because they actually have a shot because they, they face each other again, you know, this Sunday. So, you know, they got to play each other again. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, 
yeah, they got to clean some things up there, too. I'm talking about the Ravens. Look, the Bengals look really good. I mean, Joe Burrow, you know, not his best showing, but you know, only had, you know, one touchdown pass. But, look, you know, the defense, mm-hmm. you know, did just, you know, the defense, you know, were the ones that kind of the stars there. So they really had to do too much. I'll talk about the uh, the offense. But we'll see what happens with that. You know, we'll get to that matchup on Friday. Now, going into Houston and, uh, and Indianapolis, I mean, that was a weird, you know, game. Our buddy, shout out to our buddies for ODS for the show who called this game. Uh, so I had to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, well, look, they actually, he and Jay Philly actually ended up having a really good, you know, uh, pretty interesting game. We thought, you know, and, and Sam Ellinger had, you know, two interceptions. Davis Mills had two interceptions. It was actually Davis Mills that kind of started that, you know, that comeback for the Texans and mm-hmm. such, you know, that ended up, you know, getting the Barrows the number one pick. So, of course, Lovey, you know, ends up getting fired, unfortunately. So, you know, mm-hmm. that, I guess, I guess he kind of, I'm sure he knew that, you know, his days were numbered there. So, you know, finally, you might as well screw them, I guess, you know, in the process. They, they finished at 313 and one. You got to think Jeff Saturday, look, seems like a really nice man, but he's not ready for the NFL coaching yet. So, you know, he's up like, well, like one and seven, I think, in those eight games he coached. So, yeah, not good. Not good at all. Yeah, Jeff Saturday, go back to ESPN. They're ragging for a little bit about being a head coach, and uh, they'll just pretend like it, this didn't happen. So Jeff Saturday will be fine going forward. Now, the last playoff spot in the AFC was clinched yesterday in South Beach, Florida, thanks to the Miami Dolphins' 11-6 win over the New York Jets. No offensive touchdowns were scored. Skylar Thompson stepped in and started for, for the Dolphins. He was 20-31 for 152 yards. Jeff Wilson Jr. for the Dolphins, 16 carries for 72 yards. And rookie wide receiver from the Jets, Mr. Garrett Wilson had nine catches for 89 yards. Lakina, I, I did watch the majority of this game yesterday. There was no offense to speak of, but both defense, <laughs> defenses uh, um, rose to the occasion. Uh, the Dolphins had the uh, had the go ahead field uh, the go ahead field goal to win the game, and the Jets they need a quarterback. I know we'll talk about it in the weeks and months ahead, but uh, Zach Wilson uh, going into his third year next year, uh, he's got to compete for his job. Yeah, you know, I mean, the Marlins beat the Yankees 11 to 6, I think, because that's basically what it was. It was a football <laughs> Since score. Since the 2003 World Series. <laughs> yeah, but I'll say the safety, it was a safety that ended the game for, so go figure with that one. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, look, I mean, the Dolphins, you know, Mike McDaniel finally won a challenge. He had been like 0 for you know, the challenge. Yeah, it was supposed to, you know, they thought it was a catch, but it wasn't. You know, I'm talking about with the Jets, so. That kind of you know led the way there for the Dolphins to kind of you know take the take over in that game, but uh yeah, it's going to be very interesting though to see you know what the Jets do, especially with with at QB because like you said, they had a lot of injuries and you know look, you know Zach Wilson's not the answer. Mike White's been up and down. Joe Flacco, you know you got to think this is probably going to be the tail end of his career. Yeah, it's probably going to be it for him. But yeah, could they draft a QB? I mean, they're going to be in the top five, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, look. You know, shout out to the, it's gonna be interesting who is it being the quarterback, you know, starting. You know, will it be Bridgewater? Will he be able to come back? Will it be Skylar Thompson again? Could Tua come back? But yeah, it'll be interesting. But also, too, uh, Jags, Bucks, and Dolphins all made the playoffs. It's the first time all three Florida teams have reached the postseason in 1999. It's just all, all three also made it in 90, yeah, all the way back to 97. So it's been a while since all three of the teams have been, <laughs> have been in the playoffs in one year. So, you know, good for them. But yeah, the Dolphins, yeah, they got still got a lot to work, work on. Yep. Let's go up the coast to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where the, where the Pittsburgh Steelers will end the 22 season without the playoff berth, but they end the year with the 500, uh, over 500 mark at 98 after defeating the Cleveland Browns 28 to 14. Mike Tomlin does not have a chance to coach in the playoffs this year, thanks to the Miami Dolphins winning their game. But Najee mm-hmm. Harris was the man for the Steelers, 23 carries for 84 yards in a, in a score. And as far as the receiving is concerned, George Pickens had three catches, 72 yards in a score. 
also too, uh, no uh, losing season yet for uh, Mike Thomas. So I think that's the most important thing, you know, there mm-hmm. because, you know, like he had not had a, a losing season. So he still, and he still doesn't, you know, with the nice little run. But unfortunately, like you said, they're not going to go to the playoffs because, you know, the Dolphins beat the Jets yesterday. But look, I mean, they finished strong. There's supposed to be a rebuilding year for the Steelers. They were right there in the cusp of making the playoffs. It looks like, you know, Kenny Pickett, you know, looked really good. I think, you know, Najee Harris, they got something going on. And George Pickett, too, looked really good as well, you know, in the last few games of the yep. season. So the defense still really solid, although I think I think Fitzpatrick's contract is up, so that might be something they got to, you know, think about that as well. But, look, I think the belly blocks are there for uh, the Steelers to compete in the AFC North next year. All right. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. We'll see what they do, what they do with their picks in the draft uh, coming up this offseason. You're listening to Second City Sports or the Sports on Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. And you can hit us up in the comment section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. To the late games of importance from yesterday, Lakina, we'll start off in, a, in the Rocky Mountains in Denver, Colorado. The Broncos hold off the Los Angeles Chargers 38-21. to I told you and Christine that the Broncos would win on Friday, and that's exactly what happened. Russell Wilson, 13-24, 283 yards and three touchdown passes. Uh, Latavius Murray for Denver, 15 carries, 103 yards in the score. And Jerry Judy for the Broncos, five catches for 154 yards. And that game clinched it for you in our overall picks. You know, I won't tell Christine that, but yeah, it was this game. Yeah, <laughs> I know she's going to be pissed that the Chargers decided not to show up. You know, even though this actually they're they're, they're Justin they Herbert their starters. and the starters yeah. played three quarters, but uh, Brandon yeah, Staley but Mike, decided to pull him in the fourth. Yeah, but Mike after Mike Williams, you know, you know, had back spasms. And I think uh, <laughs> I think uh, uh, Joey Bosa, well, no, was it Nick Bosa? I should say, you know, got hurt. Um, I think he got a concussion, so that, that he had to sit out for the rest of that game. So mm-hmm. he, uh, Joey Bosa, I should say, but yeah. So you know, uh, okay, because why didn't they rest? Why didn't you know Staley rest the starters? I don't know, but uh, yeah, but look, a nice way for uh, Denver to finish up their season, and uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, there, there are going to be a lot of coaches that are going to be vying for that spot. Sean Payton, I've heard Jim Harbaugh's name, you know, being floated around. So mm-hmm. the Broncos got something going on here now. As for the Chargers, you know, they get ready for the playoffs and. uh yeah, I'll be interested to see how that goes. But, yeah, hopefully everyone will be healthy for the Chargers. To Philadelphia we go next, where the New York Giants made a game of it late, scoring 13 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. Bows the Eagles holding off the New York football Giants 22-16 to take the NFC East in the overall number one seed in the NFC Conference. Jalen Hurts, 20-35, 229 yards in the, in the interception. In for for the game green aj brown for the eagles four catches for 95 yards yeah you know we're gonna do too much to talk about philadelphia i mean yes you know yes the giants made an interesting thing but it was it was you know it was too big of a it was too it was too big of a deficit for them to overcome you know hurts had an interception but you know they really did just they really didn't to do too much to talking about the uh talk about the eagles so they just had basically had to just win and they were in and that's what they did so I know some people, some Eagles fans will say like they're kind of they're lipping their way, but like as long as you get there, it's fine. As long as they won the number one seed, and they did, so they got whole field. They get the bye. Everyone can heal up, rest up, and you know get ready for uh, next weekend. <laughs> yeah, Philadelphia finished up the regular season at fourteen and three. The number two seed in the NFC belongs to the San Francisco 49ers as Brock Purdy throws three touchdown passes in the 49ers' thirty-eight to thirteen win over the Arizona Cardinals. JJ Watt played in this last game, so he's officially retired. Elijah Mitchell for the 49ers, five carries, 55 yards, and two touchdowns. A.J. Green, could this be his last game too as a member of the NFL? He had three catches, 91 yards, and a score. 
Yeah, Brock Purdy became just a third quarterback since, you know, 1950 to have multiple uh, pass, you know, TD passes in each of his first five stars joining uh, Billy Volek and uh, Dan Marino. So, you know, he's still keeping it up going there. But, you know, you saw uh, J.J. JJ Watts uh, ending, you know, you saw that, you know, he got emotional. He tried not to get emotional, but, you know, he couldn't mm-hmm. help but get emotional. He gave Cliff, Cliff Casey a big hug. We'll get to him in a second. Uh, mm-hmm. After the game, you know, his uh, his wife, I'm talking about J.J.'s wife, Kalea, was uh, there, too. She was crying. You know, there mm-hmm. was definitely uh, no no dry eyes in the house for that one. But, uh, yeah, in, you know, back on the field, you know, 49ers got the number two seed. And, uh, yeah, they looked really good, and everyone's getting, you know, getting healed up. So I think that's the most important thing. And, 49ers are getting hot at the right time. So it'll be interesting to see if Jimmy G can come back. What do you do? I say go with Jimmy G since he actually got you there a couple of years ago. He's as the, yeah, the playoff experience and such. You know, Purdy's been making it hard. So Kyle Shanahan's in a tough spot, but uh, he has a good decision, though, I think. He's, yeah. that's, that's a good problem for your, your Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, you know, my answer is Brock Purdy, but we'll say that debate for Friday. But class act to the San Francisco's um, 49ers fans for yeah. giving JJ White a standing ovation at the end. Those those very class act uh, by the fans by the bay. To the Pacific Northwest, we go next, where the Seattle Seahawks will face the 49ers next Saturday in a wild card uh, playoff weekend. They defeated the Rams 19 to 16 in overtime. I actually watched this game in its entirety via this computer screen. Uh, uh, Jason Myers uh, missed, missed the w- would have been a game-winning field goal at regulation, but it hit the uprights. But Baker Mayfield, Christina Manica's guy, Christine Manica's guy, uh, mm-hmm. he threw an interception uh, in overtime, which is I got uh, you get the idea, but it was a bad throw, which led to the Seahawks winning the game by a field goal in overtime. Geno Smith for the Seahawks, the Pro Bowl court, quarterback, nineteen to thirty-one, two hundred thirteen yards and a touchdown. Kenneth Walker, the third, which probably your offensive of the year. He had 29 carries for 114 yards. And Van Jefferson for the Rams, three catches for 61 yards. Yeah, Kadre, uh Diggs you know, had the interception for the Seahawks. Kind of came out of nowhere, too. I mean, no the former Lion, to- too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, they kind of came out of nowhere and kind of you know, snagged that ball away from uh, from there. So, and also Tyler Lockett, you know, joined Steve Large as the only Seahawk in history with four straight thousand yard uh, receiving seasons. You know, Large did it twice in 80. 78 to 81 to 83 and 86. So he's also in the Hall of Fame. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting though you know, with the Seahawks. You know, he got a little bit of extra money too. I'm talking about Geno Smith, even though he didn't have his mm-hmm. best game, he actually gave a little bit of extra money. We'll tell you why in a second. But uh yeah, you know, going into uh the night game, Detroit and Green Bay. Uh I'm sure you know you saw Jamal Williams, you know, is a presser afterwards with a you know, so it, it, it's <laughs> Melissa, <laughs> Melissa Stark, Stark, yeah. <laughs> Melissa Stark afterwards, and it was just like it was probably hilarious. I think he he definitely has a chance to go to television if you know, if he chooses to when he stops playing. But he had two big rushing touchdowns. Jared Goff threw for two hundred twenty four yards, and you know Aaron Rodgers and Lizzie Epper had an interception. Now this is interesting because also Kirby Joseph, you know, who was an Illinois. Yeah, as, as Lakino was trying to mention, uh, Kirby Joseph, who picked off Aaron Rodgers last night, uh, he becomes the first player to pick off Aaron Rodgers uh, for the for three uh, three interceptions uh, in a single season uh, against an opponent. So Kirby Joseph uh, gets the start of the game for the Detroit Lions. Uh, the Detroit Lions defense stepped up, especially uh, in the second half, uh, only allowing Green Bay to score only seven points. And you take a look at offensive numbers from Detroit. Jared Goff was 23 of 34 for 224 yards. Jamal Williams, as Lakina mentioned, 16 carries for 17 yards 
and two touchdowns for the former Packer. And rookie wide receiver Christian Watson for the Green Bay Packers had five catches for 104 yards. And the Lions finished this regular season at 9-8, even though they missed the playoffs due to Seattle's victory over the Rams. The Packers finished the season at 8-9. They were 5 and at home at Lambeau Field for this year. If you watched the end of that Sunday night football f- football telecast last night, Aaron Rodgers and longtime teammate who was brought back a couple years ago, wide receiver Randall Cobb, walked off the field together, and both of them got emotional at the end. And I tweeted it out last night uh, at CK80. Could this be the last time we see Aaron Rodgers in a Green Bay Packers uniform? Could this be the last time we see him uh, playing football, period? We'll soon find out. Lakina, uh, what did you think about the uh, the quote-unquote theatrical exit by Randall Cobb and Aaron Rodgers last night following the loss? <laughs> well, yeah, I went to this whole, like, you know, soliloquy, and then, of course, apparently got kicked out for some reason. I don't know what happened there, but sorry for the technical <laughs> difficulties, folks. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, you know, the whole thing, you know, especially with Randall Cobb, you know, and both Aaron Rodgers, if you saw the little clip, you know, the going around, you know, basically saying, Goodbye, I guess. We'll see if that's the case. But, you know, unfortunately, like I said, you know, Aaron Rodgers have been 3-0 three and, three and when it came to, uh, you know, game, regular season finales and being able to clinch. Of course, you know, they get against the Lions in 2016. They, they did against the Bears twice. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 2010. So, but, you know, the, the Lions, you know, give, give them credit. You know, Kirby Joseph, you know, former Illinois uh, uh, guy, you know, he had a key interception that kind of, you know, slammed the door on that comeback. So, Look, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. I know he got he got the contract and such, but I don't know. I mean, you got you know the Vikings are already on the up and up. You know, the Lions are coming up. We'll see where the Bears do next year. But yeah, it's gonna be very interesting though, to see if this is his last game. Are we gonna go through this whole you know thing that we've been going through the last couple of years? Uh, like, I I hope not, but we'll see. All right, here's uh, here comes our week fourteen, week eighteen, I should say, studs and does from uh, the last time for the regular season. Lakino, let's hear your three studs first. My three studs, of course, the Dolphins. You know, getting in at the you know, the first time in since twenty eighteen, you know, going into the playoffs. You know, gotta give them some love. You know, despite you know being down to their third stringer and Skylar Thompson, we'll see who's going to be starting there. The Jaguars. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to the playoffs, you'll see coaching makes a big difference there, folks. You know, Trevor, we're gonna see Trevor Lawrence. And the gang, you know, seeing them. Uh, and I'll say the Lions, too. I mean, the fact that, you know, look, despite not being able to go to the playoffs themselves, I mean, they kept the, their one of their biggest rivals from going. So, you know, I think that's what you like to see. And they got something good thing to build up build up on. Yeah, my first stud is Corey Joseph. Uh, uh, he picks off Aaron Rodgers again. He did it twice in their first meeting earlier this season uh, at, at the four field. And he did it again at Lambeau last night. He gets my first star. Of course, my second stud would be Nahi Himes uh, mm-hmm. uh, from the Buffalo Bills. Two kickoff returns for a touchdown. Special teams is important, folks, especially as we get into the playoffs. And, Buff- and he set the tone yesterday with an opening kickoff return for a touchdown. Great call by Jim Nance on CBS yesterday. Mm-hmm. Of course, Tony Romo goes crazy. This is a storybook mm-hmm. beginning. And you, could, like you said earlier, you can feel that that uh, celebration. You can feel that uh, energy from the crowd. The, those fans were waiting for something big to happen, and they got it right away. And my third stud will be Kenneth Walker the third, the running back from Seattle Seahawks, 29 carries for 114 yards. As the Seahawks clinched uh, the seventh and final playoff spot in the NFC with a 19-16 victory over the Rams. And uh, Geno Smith gets an extra three and a half million, so it's a little bit of extra money yeah. there. A little bit. <laughs> you of made a bonus, the Pro Bowl so you... and the playoffs in the same season. You yes, deserve more than yep. that, but he de- he earned it and deserved it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my three does Arizona Cardinals. 
Uh, yeah. Hey, Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime, you know, come get your pink slips in your link card. You know, they both have been, you know, you know, exit out. Of course, you know, Kime's been out for like the last few weeks, you know, due to health reasons. So uh, maybe he got sick of, you know, the, the, you know, but that's a, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. We'll get to all that in a second, you know, Black Monday, but they're my duds. Uh, yeah, mm, let's see what else. I mean, the, the Chargers just for not, you know, not being smart. Why would you play your starters <laughs> when you have nothing to play for? Your CD was set. You were to go. You weren't going to go any higher. Why were you playing your starters? Now, you know, Mike Williams has back back spasms. Bozos, you know, you know, banged up. So you better hope that they can both play <laughs> this weekend. So I don't know yeah. what the mindset uh, is there. Also, the Colts, just because. <laughs> just because. No reason. Just because. I got a couple, Lakina. Um, that, what's his name? Greg Walker from, um, not the former White Sox hitting coach um, player, <laughs> but uh, Greg Walker from um, the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. He shoved the trainer last night, and he got yeah. kicked out of the game, and rightfully so. He did this once before against Buffalo. Yes, it was on a Sunday night and got kicked out. And if you saw Matt LaFleur's face, the head coach of the Packers, be smart. He's not happy, yeah. Yeah, no, I won't be surprised if he gets cut this offseason, but that's a whole another story for another time. He's my first dud. My second dud is Jalen Ramsey of the L.A. Rams. He had a great game against D.K. Metcalf mm -hmm. yesterday for the Seattle mm -hmm. Seahawks. But he had that dumb penalty, but he hit him yep. out of bounds. I know it led to the Seahawks field goal attempt to win it in regulation, which was missed by Myers. But that was dumb by Jalen Ramsey. And then he tried to flop afterwards after D.K. Metcalf <laughs> pointed him in his face. How dumb guess, can you be? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's sort of dumb how all that goes, but yeah, it's just it's just crazy that people are, you know, you know that that you would do this, especially in the, the, the season. Come on, now you had nothing to play for, and you got to be a little bit smarter than that, New Ramsey. You're this is your first rodeo, so you should you know better. But you know, it is what it is with that one. And also, like I said, my bonus, uh, my bonus to, to like every all the whole the whole league for everyone. We they were number three, you know, shirts, you know, in support of Demar Hamlin. Everyone had like threes on their uh on their on their field and such. So just a really sweet moment. Like you said, said, you know, Naheem Himes, you'll have a, not one, but two, you know, returns for a touchdown. Like we, we talked about mm -hmm. earlier. So just you know, a, a great, you know, a great you know game, which, which could have been, you know, totally worse as we got into the early part of this time last week, the fact that they've been able to, you know, he's, he's doing a lot better and he's talking mm -hmm. and, you know, he's talking to his teammates and, you know, such that you, you feel like the energy assignment are over there. And I think it's going to be, Electric. We'll see how it goes in the playoffs. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Let's put a capper on this first hour of Lakina by discussing Black Monday, which is where you see and hear about NFL head coaches uh, uh, getting their pink slips and link cards around this time of year. It's not as massive as it was a year ago, but we still had a couple of moves that we mentioned already. Let's dig in deeper just for a couple minutes today. We have left in this hour yeah absolutely we talked about it earlier with uh with arizona basically cleaning house you know cliff kingsbury you know steve kime you know they're both you know gone and you know those those those, those extensions actually look pretty good at this point right uh arizona i mean we everyone was sort of you know shocked that they got it you know that they got the extensions but you know it turned out that all for not so now they gotta I know that uh, the Patriots need a new OC. I know Alabama back in college needs they need a new OC. So could 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 Cliff Kingsbury be the old going to one of those styles, or could he end up doing television? So we just don't know. But yeah, we we'll probably see more. Um, I think uh, Cleveland you know got rid of their you know, you know top you know, defensive coordinator too. So yeah, there's gonna be more coming up, even though we haven't seen it yet. Yep, and we'll we'll talk about the moves. Their moves 
and shuffling is going on from around the National Football League as playoff approaches. That's the playoffs approach, and then all seasons are are, are waiting for the other teams that did not make it this year. So we'll talk about them in the days and weeks and months ahead. Hour number one in the books, hour number two straight ahead as you listen to the live Monday live edition of Second City Sports or Sports on Chicago. When we return, Mike Chin, who covers college football and college basketball, is going to hop on with us to preview tonight's uh, national championship game in college football between TCU and Georgia. And we'll get into a whole lot more Chicago sports topics uh, with him as well. We also have Old School TV Monday, and we have to talk about the Bulls in the rest of the NBA. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Hour number two, straight ahead as you're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference.
All right, welcome back to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's McGee on the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. We have less than an hour left of this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, especially for our next guest, you can always hit us up at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, I know you're a big college football person. Uh, you'll surely try to get into it, but tonight's uh, championship game is really big, and, and I can't wait for this one to start between the Georgia Bulldogs and the TCU Horned Frogs. Of course, TCU pulled off a big upset over Michigan last week while Georgia held off Ohio State in a great, in a great game in the Peach Bowl. But uh, bring us on our next guest, who I, I got a chance to know very well a few years ago. He's going to help us uh, preview tonight's matchup, and we'll get into other sports topics as well. All right. He is the one, the only. I should say the because it's on his Twitter. On his, <laughs> on his Twitter. It's the Mike Chen. You know, his debut here on Second City Sports. Mike, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me, everybody. Uh, yeah, we're, we're happy to have you. Now, what are your what's your thoughts of this whole game? You know, could... You could TCU pull off another upset. Could Georgia dominate? Will be somewhere in between. What what what's your what's your mindset of tonight's game? Well, heading into it, uh, kind of the way I looked at it is uh, Georgia and Michigan are very similar teams. Uh, they run very similar offenses. They have very similar styles of football. They rely a lot on their defense, uh, although that didn't show up for Georgia uh, or either either team actually in the semifinals. But um, they're very tight end orientated. They. You, have their quarterback not make a lot of mistakes, et cetera. Uh, but the difference between Michigan and Georgia is that Georgia recruits better. Georgia's got a bunch of five stars all over the place. They have uh, 25 five stars, according to 247 Sports, mm-hmm. on their roster. And look, if TCU barely held off Michigan, they're playing like a bigger Michigan, a better Michigan, a more talented Michigan in Georgia. And I just can't see TCU really. Uh, being able to do it twice. Uh, I think that Georgia across the board has better talent than Michigan. And if you're looking at a team that does the same things and one that's more talented over the other one that's not as talented, uh, you're going to go with the one that's more talented. So uh, I, I like Georgia tonight. Um, I think TCU will put up a game. That's just how they are. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think the Bulldogs just wear out the Horned Frogs and uh, back-to-back champions. Let's focus in on that Georgia defense for a second, Mike. Of course, you mentioned they they got big guys up front. It's one of the best lines, if not the best defensive line in the country. But uh, I told Lakina this about two weeks ago, that that Georgia secondary wasn't tested as much uh, this year. Of course, Ohio State did a great job of that throughout the game. But um, on the flip side, Max Duggan passed for only 225 yards, and TCU's went over Michigan last week. Do you think that TCU can take a, a, a page out of Ohio State's playbook and attack their secondary tonight, or does do they stick with their own game plan that got them to win against Michigan last week? Uh, I think they, you know, personally, they have to stick with their own game plan. Now, I do think that they're going to take some concepts that they saw that Ohio State did that succeeded for them, and if it works for their personnel, you know, go ahead, use it. But look, they have a great wide receiver in Johnson who's probably going to be a top 15 pick there, so uh, they just don't have the depth that Ohio State does at wide receiver. I mean, look at uh, the Buckeyes had 2,000-yard receivers, um, it, you know, in uh, Amekabuka and Marvin Harrison Jr. Look, mm-hmm. those – TCU doesn't have that. 
Uh, you know, Max Duggan, he's a great quarterback, but, you know, mm-hmm. is he quite on the level of C.J. Stroud? No, you're looking at a top five NFL draft pick, and you're also looking at a guy that probably will go in the sixth, seventh round when he gets selected. So uh, I think that if TCU wants to compete and have the best chance to win this game, they have to play to their style. They, they don't change anything because that's what good football teams do. You know, they, you make the other team adjust to your style. And yeah, again, conceptual wise, I, it would be smart to take some of what other teams did and make it work for them mm-hmm. as long as personnel wise, again, it, it works. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for them to completely change their offense at this point in time when they've been practicing something else for the past six months, six months it just doesn't make a lot of sense but you know i do think that there are some holes uh, in in that georgia secondary that they can exploit um you know kelly ringo uh, great player uh, i think that he's going to be you know also you're, you're looking at and again when you talk about georgia you're talking about top to bottom a lot of guys are going to get drafted very high in the nfl and he's another guy that's just kind of like the next guy in their in their secondary so uh look i, I think that they uh have plenty of talent to stop what TCU is going to try and do. But, you know, I, I think that TCU is smart enough to throw some wrinkles in there. So uh, it should be interesting to see uh, how Kirby Smart combats that. It'll be interesting to see, especially with the running backs, too. Both the main running backs for both teams are great. You know, Kenny McIntosh, we know a lot about him. You know, he's probably one of the, probably one of the best running backs, you know, in all of cultural, if not, you know, just in the SEC. Now, Kendrick Miller, however, you know, he can move the chains as well, too. So who do you think has the edge there? Um, you know, I, as a workhorse, you know, Miller obviously is the better one. Uh, McIntosh is more of the all-around guy. McIntosh doesn't obviously uh, have the yardage total uh, that Miller has, but what McIntosh doesn't do on the ground, he does through the air. He is a guy that they're, Georgia's going to get the ball either way. Um, they, he's like the second leading receiver mm-hmm. on the team uh, behind Brock Bowers. And, you know, I think it's a wash here. I think both are very talented players, but both do things a little bit differently inside the offense. You know, Miller's not as big of a a pass catching threat as McIntosh. And I think McIntosh uh, has that little bit of both. Um, You know, both of them are explosive. You can, I I would not be surprised to see both of them rip off huge runs in this game, because I think that at this point in time, you know, defenses are a little bit tired that turnaround as well. Uh, And Mm -hmm. and it was both games, both semifinal games were just, blows and blows and haymakers back and forth from each team and you know it was arguably the most exciting pair of semifinal games we've ever seen in a college football playoff era and mm-hmm. i just think that you know when you look at uh, the end of the day uh, the running backs I, I really think it's a wash i think both of them are very very good on each side uh, going back to the TCU defense, uh, Mike, of course, they, they set it off with a pick six last week against um, Michigan. And, they, and it was Michigan was the team that was playing catch up all night and they caught up to him at the end. But Dylan Horton had all, all four of TCU sacks. Uh, but I'm assuming that he's going to get double teamed at some point during the game tonight. Who else need on that defensive front or, or in the linebacker court that needs to step up tonight on TCU? You know, to be honest with you, I think. I really think Horton plays another game like that. He was absolutely phenomenal, uh, as we all saw. He did everything. Uh, He played the game of his life. But uh, I think conceptually, once again, TCU doesn't rely on just one guy. They're going to do it as a team. Uh, When you look at the way that they've uniquely set up their defense, uh, you you don't see a lot of that right now. You know, three down linemen, you just don't see a lot of. And, you know, they're going to blitz the gaps. They're going to force you to 
play outside of what you like to do. Uh, and that's what Michigan did. You know, look, Michigan wanted to run the ball. Their offense revolves around ground and pound. And when they realized in the second half that they weren't going to be able to do that, that they needed to throw the ball. Yeah, they threw it for, you know, J.J. McCarthy obviously threw it for a bunch of yards. Uh, but you know, TCU's defense had those two key piece pick sixes, and that was really kind of the end of it. So uh, I, I'm not going to, you know, single out any one of the guys on TCU's defense mm-hmm. because I just think that as a group, they're, they're very solid. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, if they can confuse Stetson Bennett, which at this point in time, you have to give it up, the hats off to Stetson Bennett. He, he's, he's far exceeded everything that I could, that I thought he could do as a quarterback. Uh, you know, if they could somehow manage to confuse him, which doesn't seem like really is the case because he doesn't seem to get rattled ever. Uh, mm-hmm. If they can confuse him to, to make some mistakes like they did McCarthy, they, they definitely have a shot at, at, at potential upset. But, uh, you know, I, I think that overall the, the TCU defense, they, they just do a fantastic job as a big, as a unit to, to get the job done. Well, Georgia's defense is no slouch either. Yeah, yeah, their secondaries are you know, very questionable. They're young, but you know, Jalen Carr is probably one of the best front seven guys in the country. So you got to think that he's going to be gunning for uh, Max Duggan, especially. You might get double teamed too, so who knows? But yeah, what do you think about about him and his chance to try to kind of like try to slow down that TCU offense? You know, what was interesting about Carter against Ohio State was that he got tired. Uh, you know, he was. I don't think physically coming off of an injury. I don't think he was hundred percent there yet to right. play 40 to 50 snaps. Uh, you know, after you know, the first couple of series, you could see that the cameras went to him and he was gassed on the sidelines. He's grasping for air, um, really just kind of like doing what he can. I think the week uh, plus has given him an opportunity to potentially get a little bit more into shape. And you're going to see more of that Jalen Carter that you saw against LSU where, where he picked up LSU's quarterback. You're like, yes. what the hell just <laughs> happened? Are you serious? You know, obviously we're going to see highlights. We've seen highlights of that over and over again, and rightfully so, because that was just one hell of a play by him individually. But I, I think that the Jalen Carter that you saw against Ohio State is not going to be the same Jalen Carter that you're going to see tonight. I think that he's what makes that defense run. And I think that when – he is healthy when he's got that stamina back, which I think that at this point he should have. Uh, you're going to see a dominant performance with him. So I, I am going to single him out <laughs> on the defense <laughs> as, as, as opposed to singling someone out on the TCU side. But, you, you know, to be honest with you, uh, he's a top five draft pick. Uh, you know, there's there's chatter about him going, you know, even number one. So uh, mm-hmm. when you've got a talent like that, uh, you, you're going to see a lot of double teams, but he breaks those, and he's just a special talent that Georgia has to uh, combat that offensive line against TCU. On the line with us is Michael Chin. He covers Ohio State and Notre Dame Athletics as part of the USA Today Sports Group media group. He's hanging out with us right here on the Monday, Monday edition of Second City Sports, live in Living Color and Sports on Chicago. Sid LaKean hanging out with you. Uh, Mike, of course, the Bears finished the year at 3-14, and 14, and they had the number one overall pick. If you were in, in GM Ryan Poles' shoes, uh, would you keep that number one pick, or would mm-hmm. you wait out to the last moment to field out possible um, trade scenarios? I, I love this question. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of consternation right now around the fact that Justin Fields isn't the guy. And I actually, uh, one of my good friends, uh, Adam Stadzinski, who uh, you, I'm sure you guys know, uh, mm-hmm. we kind of went back and forth on it on Twitter on Saturday, and I kind of aired my my feelings on that. 
So what were the goals for Justin Fields this year? The goals were for him to improve, show marked improvement, passing mm-hmm. and running. Did he do mm-hmm. that? He sure as hell did. When you look at the fact that the other goal was for the Bears to lose and to get a potential high pick, they did that. So I think you found the quarterback. And, and, and also when you look at across the league, I mean, you have guys like Josh Allen who are giving props to Justin Fields and saying, like, this is the guy. He is, you know, mm-hmm. one of the next big-time quarterbacks that, that's coming up. I don't see a reason for Ryan Poles to say, all right, we're going to hit that reset button and start all over and draft another quarterback. I think that if that is the case, they're actually going to do that. It's not for two more years when Fields' rookie contract's up, right? That that makes more sense, you know. But right now, uh, I think that there's way too many holes uh, along that. You know, you've got holes on the offensive line at wide receiver, at defensive line. Uh, there's going to be – Plenty of teams that are going to want to draft Bryce Young because in my eyes, Bryce Young is like the guy. Yes, obviously we talked about Carter as well, potentially being the number one pick, but Mm -hmm. uh, the way that NFL drafts go, quarterbacks go early and often. You're going to see two or three quarterbacks get drafted very very early. Um, And you're also looking at C.J. Stroud and, and Will Levis. And I think that at the end of the day, what is best for the Bears is for them to trade down, acquire more draft picks, and take what's best available when they trade down. In a perfect world, they trade down once to, you know, four or five, and then the draft happens. And while it's happening, they say, all right, we're going to trade down again because some of the guys that they didn't believe were going to fall are falling. And so they can acquire more draft picks because there's still way too many holes um, and at this point in time, the only sure thing with the Bears is that they've, they've got a lot of potential capital that they could use there uh, in free agency. But, you know, we don't know which free agents are going to say yes. We don't know that. Right. So mm-hmm. for them to continue to add prospects through the draft is a little bit more, I wouldn't say a sure thing because it's never a sure thing when you're drafting players. But it just makes the most sense for them to say, you know what? We've got our quarterback. We can find a tackle uh, later on in the first round. We can find a defensive lineman uh, later on in the first round that can rush the passer. Uh, if we're if they're smart, they, they get a couple wide receivers. They get a couple linemen. They get um, both offense and defense. But it just makes the most sense for them to trade back at this current moment. We'll be interested to see what he does with that. Now going back to the college ground for a second. I think today. I think either today or tomorrow is the last day where underclassmen can decide whether or not they want to go to the NFL draft. And there were a couple of some big surprises too. I just saw on Twitter, Cam Rising, you know, the, the great quarterback from Utah, he's coming back. And I just saw, you know, just a few minutes ago before we came back on, you know, Blake Corum, the great running back from Michigan had to have ACL surgery. He's going to be back as well. So have there, have there been any, like, yeah, you know, have there been any surprises? I, I, I didn't see that one. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was like, no one saw that one coming. Right. I mean, that's probably right, the most surprising right. one. So have there, have there any other guys that have you know, decided to leave or, decided to come back and they were like, mm, I don't know that it should do that. But, you know, what do you think? You know, to be honest with you, uh, I think everyone's situation is different. Uh, and especially with NIL, uh, I'm actually, it, I, you're breaking that quorum news to me because I hadn't seen it yet. Um, it just I'm came across the wires like 15 minutes ago. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> when we just got on, because I have obviously yep. I'm with you guys right now. I, I'm actually, that, that shocks me right there. Um, as, as the life of a running back in the NFL is so short, 
and especially coming off of an injury where I, I get it. He's probably looking at this like, look, I'm, I need to show NFL teams that I'm healthy again. But it's already there. Corum's already shown over the last two years that he could be that tailback in the NFL. And at this point in time, I mean, unless he's getting a ton of NIL money, uh, you'd have to think that um, him potentially staying around might not be the best thing for him. Uh, if I was him personally, I would have left. Uh, but again, I don't know his family situation. I don't know what else is going on behind the scenes with his NIL deals. Because now it does actually, with NIL, it gives players the incentive to stay a little bit longer. There isn't a reason necessarily to chase those NFL dollars. And you're seeing a couple of more players decide to do that. Now, uh, what was interesting on that as well, as we all talked about the fact that when the college football playoff expands you're going to see less and less players opting out because there's going to be more spots and those games are a little bit more meaningful well look at what happened at alabama they had three of their stars play in their bowl game which is like wait you don't see that unless they're playing in a college mm-hmm. world playoff game and so i think that with nil that, that changes a little bit because those players are getting paid to score touchdowns to make appearances etc cetera, etc cetera. so why would they be skipping out on a payday like that? But I'm I'm a little off top, uh, off the topic. But uh, again, <laughs> I think that each individually is uh, you know going to make their own decision. And you know, like in for instance with Corum, it's a surprise to me that he's coming back, um, and it just makes Michigan that much better. I mean, they've got they're one of the very few teams that are probably looked at as a top five team next year to have a returning quarterback. I mean, look at, you're looking at Alabama. Um, they're losing Bryce Young. Ohio State's most likely losing C.J. Stroud. Georgia's mm-hmm. losing Stetson Bennett. I mean, those have been, you know, the, the holdovers for the last four or five years of college football playoff teams, and they're all kind of starting over at the quarterback position. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's very interesting. You know, there's going to be a lot of people who are thinking Michigan has potential to, uh, you know, make another run of the college football playoff and potentially win it next year. But, you know, again, each individual is on their own. And, uh, you know, it is a bit surprising that Corm came back. But, hey, you know what? Uh, if that's what he wants to do, then that's what he's going to do. All right, Mike, well, let's switch over to college hoops. Let's start off locally. The final line and their, their record is now 10 and 5. They got their first week in Big Ten play on Saturday, being Wisconsin 79 and 69. I'll be honest, this is the first time I got a chance to watch them from beginning to end um, all year. They have a very athletic team, unlike a year ago. You still have Coleman Hawkins, who was left over from last year's team. Terrence Shannon, who was in early foul trouble, he got it together in that second half. It looks like Brad Underwood uh, uh, has something going on special down there. I know one of their players uh, has, is now on the leave of absence. But what is your outlook for this year to so find the Illini squad? Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, right now there's just so much unknown, um, especially in the Big Ten. Go go look at the mm-hmm. Big Ten. It is tough. Yes. I mean, Go look at the schedule, and you're not. There might be one to two games where each team is like, "All right, that's a guaranteed win." There are not a lot of easy wins in the Big Ten. It is going to be an absolute grind. I mean, you've got your top teams. You know, Indiana, um, Purdue is up there. Um, you know, Northwestern just knocked off uh, Indiana the other night, and mm-hmm. you know, Northwestern's not a team that everyone looked at and says like you know, most of the time it's like oh, Northwestern that's a win right mm-hmm. they're, they're not uh, you know Chris Collins has that team 
uh, doing very well. So uh, it's really hard to say at this moment. I think that you're, you're looking at probably the end of, of this month, uh, once teams really get into the thick of conference play, to really know whether or not how good the Illini will be. I mean, I think they have a very good roster, and I think Brad Underwood is a very good coach. But again, you know, the Big Ten just sits there and beats each other up. So it's mm-hmm. it's really hard to say what they're going to look like right now. Do they have the talent to contend and potentially make the tournament? Yes, 100% I believe that. Uh, but, you know, like I said, for the next four weeks or so, three weeks to four weeks, uh, everyone in the Big Ten is going to be beating themselves up. And it's really going to be come beginning of February, we're going to see that the contenders and pretenders kind of separate themselves. Well, it's interesting that you say that about, you know, contenders and pretenders, because you look at the Big 12, you look at the ACC, the American, the Big East, even the Mountain West. I mean, like there's like about four or five teams that could probably end up winning those conferences. So has there been like any standouts? Has there been any like surprises, good or bad for you, you know, in college hoops so far? Uh, You know, I think it's played out pretty well uh, that we kind of. I've seen it uh, a little surprised that, uh, you know, Houston, that they're giving the benefit of the doubt to Houston. Although, to be honest with you, um, Gonzaga has kind of paved the way for mid-majors to get some respect. So I'm not super surprised about that. You know, the Zags have been good for the past 20 years. and They've kind of changed the landscape of college basketball. And again, you're looking at the fact that now all these players, and it's, this is as deep as we've ever seen college basketball. I mean, it's mm-hmm. when you get to tournament time, if a 12 beats a five, I'm not, you know, I'm not surprised, you know, something, something like that happens. It's just like, it's normal now. It, it really is. You know, sometimes, you know, 15 beats a two, you know, a 16 is like, they, they give ones runs, you know, it, it is just how the tournament is and how the fact that, you know, these teams aren't just, throwaway teams anymore they're all very solid um you know and and like think about last year you know a a team like north carolina who struggled in acc play and then all of a sudden made a run all the way to championship game i mean look at you Mm -hmm. you, you've got plenty of depth all over the place and i think that the key is for for most teams you get in and you have an opportunity um i'm I'm still you know i like the blue bloods right now Uh, i I like kansas Uh, bill self has built a, a program where he's perennially challenging for a championship. Now they don't win it very often, unfortunately for them down there in Lawrence, but they're going to do it. Uh, the SEC is very good. You've got two teams in the top five in Alabama and Tennessee. Um, you know, there's just, there's a ton of talent all over the place. And, uh, you know, it's anyone's turn. In, in my eyes, I don't think there's one team where you'd look at them and you're like, that's the favorite right now. I think there's multiple teams that could come out and win the NCAA tournament at this point in time. Um, I, I would, I could say my favorites for, you know, a one seed are, are probably Houston because I think they just run through the AAC. Uh, you've got, you know, Kansas, um, Purdue out of the Big Ten, and then, you know, it's either that Alabama or Tennessee right there for the fourth one. Um, and I think it kind of plays out that way. Like the top five, I think they're, they're, I wouldn't say they're head and shoulders above everybody else, but they're they're pretty close. And, um, you know, I think that you're looking at a wide open tournament once again. Uh, a, a team in the in the five, six, seven, eight seed range could, could make a run and make it to the final four again. So uh, I think that, again, when you look at college basketball, it's just so deep. 
it's not like college football. You know, college football, we've got five or six teams that are really contending for yeah. a national championship. I, I, I could really seriously say there's probably about 25 to 30 teams in college basketball right now that, that have a, a legit chance at getting hot and making a run and winning a title. We're hanging out with the last moment or two with Mike Chen, who covers Ohio State in North Notre Dame Athletics for the USA Today Sports Media Group. Uh, we, you're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, live in Living Color on a Monday. Silly Ken here with you. Mike, as I uh, brought up on the top of the show, uh, it, it was it was nice getting to know you. I was, of course, you know, I was working with the Dean Davis show. We were recording mm-hmm. our podcast as you were working at 670 to score. And it was really uh, a pleasure and honor to chop it up with you. You gave us great advice and, and we, we try to help you out as well. Well, tell our listeners and viewers out there, what made you uh, want to do this full time? What, what gave you that spark? What gave you that passion uh, watching sports and to cover sports full time? Uh, you know, I've always uh, had an interest in sports. I played sports growing up, and um, you know, I, I always wanted to be involved in sports. Uh, my my major is leisure management, uh, with a minor in coaching. So um, you know, it was, sports was always kind of uh, what I wanted to do. Um, it didn't happen right away. Uh, you know, or like getting coming out of college. You know, I, I wasn't able to get any any jobs. You know, directly working with sports. So. Uh, you know, ultimately went back to Illinois Media School, so shout out to them. And, um, you know, I decided, hey, you know, if I'm going back to school, I'm going to go back to school for this specifically. I wanted to, I actually thought I'd end up doing, uh, you know, play-by-play or color or doing something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, to be honest with you, I, I've, I've always had a passion for writing. I've always very much enjoyed it. And uh, I just, I got, an, I got an opportunity to cover the Big Ten about three years ago in 2019. Um, three and a half years ago uh, in 2019 with 670 to score. And, uh, you know, that kind of started my writing journey right there. Uh, wrote a weekly column uh, as the season went on. And, um, you know, shortly after that, USA Today approached me and uh, said, hey, we like what you're doing over there. You uh, interested in working for us and covering a team full time? And it's like, yeah, sure. And um, so that that's what kind of uh, got me there. It wasn't, you know, it, it took – Unfortunately, it took me a little bit longer than I would like to get there, but uh, I'm happy I got here and, uh, you know, I absolutely love being in the sports world. Well, we love uh, reading your stuff. So, you know, thank you so much, Mike, for joining us today. We're definitely going to be doing this again, especially as, it close to, as we get closer and closer to tournament time. Yes. Cause, yes. Yeah, because yeah, you're, you're a guy you know, for like our college hoops guy, if you will. So sure. <laughs> where people can find you and read yeah. all, your, all your great stuff. Um. Twitter's right there on my name at Mike F. Chen, um, USA Today, the Wire Network. Uh, you can go to uh, Fighting Irish Wire or Buckeye Wire. That's where all my stuff is. I probably should get a link tree, but I uh, don't have one yet. <laughs> Just to throw it on there to make it a little bit easier. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's where you can find me. I'm pretty active on Twitter. Um, and, uh, you know, just send me a message. My DMs are open. I always love chatting with people. So, uh, you know, send me your hate and send me your love. <laughs> well, we're well, always well, going to see you some. Of course. Yeah, we're all going to see you some love. See you some always, love, yeah. Always, <laughs> always, always, yeah. Appreciate well, it. Notre Dame football, maybe not so much. I'm letting you know right now. I'm sure Sid's hey. already, others have already won. But. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but look, basketball, look, I always have, always have a softball for the basketball team for Notre Dame. So, you know, <laughs> I'll say some nice things. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, not you know, football is uh, everyone's got their team. So uh, you know, I, I try to be impartial with some of it, but 
you know, sometimes the fan in me takes over and uh, I yell at the TV a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. We all do. We all do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we understand, Mike. I just want to say quickly before we let you go, it was nice meeting you, seeing you once again uh, at the Sox game uh, last year. Hopefully we get a chance to meet up again, uh, meet up again. And like I said, we had a great time, you know, working with the Dean Davis show back in the day. We recorded the X670 scores, the studios. You were doing big things back then. You're doing big things now. Much continued success. And like Lakin said, we'll definitely have, have you back on here again, probably closer to tournament time. Sounds good. Appreciate it. All right. All right take Mike, care. Have safe. a good one. All right. Have a good one. All right. You too. All right. Once again, that is Mike Chen. Of course, you read his stuff. You know, the Mike Chen, as we should call him. We should probably yes. call him <laughs> We can ask him how, how he got that. But uh, yeah. All right. We're going to take a really quick break. Yo, know, the Bulls get another big win. You know, another comeback win against the Jazz over the weekend. Also, too, Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> but also, too, yeah, but also, a big injury you know, hits one of the top teams in the East. We'll tell you more about that. Also, Old School TV Monday. I can't wait to see what Sid has in store for us for, with that one. And so much more coming up next. Second City Sports, Sports Hill Chicago, NBA Talk, right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. <laughs> I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago on the Monday edition. We're live in the Living Color. This is our last segment of the show for today. So we're going to make it great as always. And if you want to have a if you have a comment or a question for us, you can always hit us up on Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page and on Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comment section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. But if you want to follow your truly and you should on social media, you can hit Hit your boy up on, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80, S-I-D-K-I-D-80, S-I-D-K-I-D-80. And you follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. All right, Lakina, uh, hit up some Bulls talking the NBA and other uh, news and nuggets for this last half hour of the show for today. The Chicago Bulls have won eight out of their last 11. Yay! They get a 126-118 victory over the Utah Jazz on Saturday night. DeMar DeRozan had 35 points. Zach Levine had 36 overall. In between those two, they scored 47 points in the second half alone. They struggled with defense early. The Utah Jazz were running in that lane like these running out of a liquor store. (laughs) And they had some hot shooting as well. The, but the Bulls came alive towards the end of that third quarter in the uh, beginning of the fourth quarter with some stellar uh, defensive stops, and Zach and DeMar got hot late. Andre Drummond off the bench had 11 points and four rebounds as well. So the Bulls, a sluggish first half, but they turned it on toward the end of that third quarter in all of the fourth quarter to earn their eighth victory in their last 11 games. Yeah, the old back-to-back, you know, you got to think they're going to be a little bit sluggish. You know, so you, you know, teams are, especially you have to travel, you know, halfway across mm-hmm. country. They had to play the very next night. So, yeah, they, of course, they're going to look sluggish right out of the gate. But, uh, you look, I mean, you know, the third quarter, they were outscored by nine. But, you know, by the mm-hmm. fourth quarter, they were able to kind of get it going. And, like, like we said, you know, Zach Levine, you know, I think he's starting to find his groove again. He had a, a game-high uh, 30 36 points, you know, but it's going to be interesting though, because, you know, DeRozan, you had 35. I think this is like, the, oh, the second, or I think the first time this year that both uh, DeMar and Zach both had 35 plus points, you know, in one game, you know, each in one game. So I think that's, you know, that's kind of a testament to them. Also, Vooch looks really good too, 16 rebounds and 15 points. Uh, so a nice, really good, solid team win against a team that, you know, kind of got got it going early on. We talked about how good the Jazz were early mm-hmm. on, but they've kind of, you know, fallen back to earth. They're back at, you know, under 500. The Bulls are kind of back under 502. They play the Celtics tonight. That's going to be very interesting because, you know, they've, they've, had, they've got themselves a couple of times this year. Of course, the last time they, you know, they played at TD Bank Garden, they didn't win, you know, but they, they kept it close. So they had a couple of games mm-hmm. off to kind of, you know, get things going. So, look, I think – once we get going and such, I mean, like I know they got a, a tail at the tail end of the month. You know, they got a pretty easy schedule, so they can kind of rack up some wins here. But if they can keep the consistency, you know, and get get it going, Cruz is going to play tonight, which you know would definitely help defensively. Especially you got to mm-hmm. defend Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. That's going to be a tough task. You know, they yes, know. <laughs> yes. We've seen that. We said it already a couple of times with them this year. But uh, yeah, I, I think the Bulls started to kind of find their groove a little bit. A little bit. I'm not saying they're going to go. It's like this 10, 12 game winning streak. 
But Which I would help. <laughs> it would, yeah, it would help a little bit, but I think it, we're all kind of starting to find the group it looks like. Especially, I know the, the Philly game, I know it's a wash. Yeah, Embiid didn't play, but Zach had a, a, a season-high 41. But still, you know, a pretty dominated performance, you know, especially in the second half, too. So I think, you know, that kind of game kind of get, get confidence going. So hopefully they can keep it up. Yeah, that, you you brought up my next point, Lakina, about Zach Levine. He scored 41 on uh, last Friday night in Philadelphia. And we talked about him expanding his role on the team, especially with the amount of money he's being paid now as, a, as the franchise guy with the that $215 million contract. And you start to finally see some confidence in him. It looks like those needs are finally uh, healthy. So we'll, we'll see what happens more going forward. We saw in the two wins this weekend. You will definitely need another game from him like that tonight. I'm not it would be nice for him to score 41 points again, but it's gonna to have to be a team effort all around to beat the Boston Celtics. You beat them two out of three times this year already. I think this is the last matchup between these two this season. Yes. And yep. so and so we'll we'll see what, what what effort that the Bulls will bring tonight. Can they keep that momentum going? As you mentioned, Alex Caruso is returning. Just one more note about the uh, last Saturday night's game. Laurie Marketing, the former Bull, scored 28 points. Did you catch the quote that he gave to um, the old friend of the show, Casey Johnson from NBC Sports yes. Chicago? If so, what did yes. you think about those comments? Well, I mean, I look, I think it's, it's going to be interesting, though, but, I, it, you know, it, it's, it's hmm. I don't know what to think with that, with that quote. I mean, I, I think he wasn't, what do you think? I want to know what you think first, because I yeah he said eh. I'm just paraphrasing here. He said he wasn't said, happy yeah. happy here, and of course right. uh, the head coach at that time was Jim Boylan, and basically they wanted him to park himself out in the three point range, yeah. and and uh, shoot threes. Uh, he and that that his wasn't game. his game. Now as we talked about this season, Lakina, uh, Laurie Marketing is an all star. He should be in the all star game next month because it's in Utah. In Salt Lake right. City next month, he definitely earned his spot on the All Star team this year. You could tell what how Utah runs their offense is much more free flowing. He can shoot. We know we we knew that coming into the league, he could shoot it from the outside. But you notice he's driving to the basket more. You saw that dunk on Vucevic on Saturday, and that was a big proof of that. But he said the Utah's offense is much free flowing. You know. You notice when he was here in Chicago, not to blame everything on him, but you notice when he was here in Chicago, Jim Boylan was doing that old school 80s, 90s, uh, walk the ball up type offense, and it doesn't work in today's game. So Laurie Marketing is really has found a home and has found a system that he can fit in, unlike, unlike here in Chicago. Well, yeah, I mean, look, this was different. It was a different regime. So I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, so I don't think I get he wanted to kind of air out his grievances of his frustrations and. And what I'm like, he's thriving, you know, in Utah. He did well in Cleveland for a couple of years. He was there, mm-hmm. but I think he should just enjoy it. You know, he'll probably end up going back to the All Star game. He was going to be in Utah, so yeah. I, 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 you know what? I think look, let him air it out. I think no one should. Yeah, you know, look, it was a different regime, and so, so I think mm-hmm. we'll just leave it alone now. Let's go into the NBA as a whole for a second. You're going backwards. Uh, the Nets edge out the Heat, 102-101, but. They lose Kevin Durant. It looks like he's going to be uh, gone for a little bit. He has a spring MCL. He'll be really reevaluated again in two weeks. So, yeah, and which is unfortunate because that's are starting to find mm-hmm. the group. They got probably got the, probably one of the best, if not the best, record in the last like month in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But and when Durant went down, but yeah, look, Kyrie picked up the slack with twenty nine points and such. So it'll be interesting to see. We'll, we'll get to their schedule in a second because it gets a little tougher. But it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how they do, especially now that K is going to be gone for a little bit. But Hopefully they can kind of get it going and, uh, you know, Kyrie can, you know, actually, you know, be Kyrie on the court instead of, you know, off mm-hmm. it. But I'm looking I'm forward also, to it. Uh, yeah, I'm lo- also looking forward to Ben Simmons picking up the slack as well. Mm-hmm. 
definitely need to pick up the slack uh, there. And uh, the Suns, once again, I mean, they were, when is Devin Booker coming back? I, th- I think a lot of Suns fans are going to be asking <laughs> that. They lose to the uh, the Cavs yeah. 112-98 yesterday, Sunday. You know, I should say that. Um, all five stars were in double figures. Gar- Darius Garden and Donovan Mitchell led the way with 22 points apiece. So, yeah, um, as far as the Suns are concerned, I mean, yeah, they definitely need Devin Booker back because – it, they're like what one in like six since he's been gone. So yeah, that, mm-hmm. that they need him back and they need him back desperately. Uh, we have a question from our guy Lamont via the Facebook. He says, "Do you do you guys think that the Bulls can make any moves that will help them move up in the standings?" Uh, I, I saw that uh, headline in the article today by uh, Darnell Mayberry from the Athletic, who covers the Bulls for the Athletic. Uh, he was saying that the Bulls he doesn't expect the Bulls to make any major moves at the trade deadline. If they make any moves, they're probably a small move here and there, but they're up against it. You think uh, people think they should blow this team up and start over? It's not going to happen until the end of the season if they decide to do do that, but it's, it's not going to happen now, especially with them winning eight out of their last 11. It's definitely not happening now. Yeah, they're right there. They're, they're, they're right there in the play-in uh, spot. So, and I think they can move up too because a lot of the Eastern you know, Conference teams are starting to kind of – some are you know, mm-hmm. going back up, but some are actually you know, falling back to earth a little bit. So I think they're not going to run it back. For people who are hoping that they would blow it up, you know, okay, what, what else do they do then? What do they do then? They don't have a they don't have a top ten pick, you know, right now. So mm-hmm. like, come on, stop. But uh, you know, anyway, as we were saying, you know, Toronto, <laughs> uh, uh, Toronto be uh, Portland. No, because I don't want to hear about you know people wanting to blow it up. I'm I'm, I'm sick of that at this point. Uh, yeah, Same okay, here. O- yeah, okay. See, uh, upset uh, Dallas one twenty one one oh nine. Um. You know, Christian Wood led the way for the Mavs with uh, 27 points. I know Luca didn't play. This is a rest day for him. But, you know, again, this is probably gonna how it's going to look when Luca isn't there. So I think yeah. Mavs fans are going to have to you know, get used to that, especially if they, you know, if, if he does this again a lot, especially as he gets close to close to early to the end of the season. But, uh, yeah, you can tell Luca it is, was missed you know, yesterday, I guess, you know, with that in that game. Another team that the Dallas Mavericks is chasing in the Western Conference, uh, another team that, that that set their star, John Moran, with a thigh injury. Uh, the Grizzlies hold off the Utah Jazz 123-118. to 118. I know the Grizzlies will get to the rest of the schedule for this coming week in just a moment, but I believe they have another game tonight. We'll see if John Moran plays or not. But we talked about it last year, Lakina. If, for a short stretch, Memphis can, is a better team without the without. Uh, Moran, especially defensively, but you know, doing a uh, if it's for a long, longer stretch, uh, uh, they're a completely different team. We know John Moran; he's this era's uh, Derrick Rose. He, he can create plays, he can get up down the floor, and he can definitely score with the best of them in the NBA from a point guard position. So, um, John Moran needs to uh, uh, get healthy, uh, especially once you come back from the All Star break, because uh, the conferences, uh, the Western Conference, is only going to get tougher from here on out. So and they need that guy healthy, healthy as close to a one hundred percent as possible. Well, the weird thing is that they actually actually have played well without Morant last year. You know, they they went like what like like eighteen and four or something like that when he was out. Yeah. But you know, I think long term, if you're if you're trying to actually make the Western Conference Finals, you're definitely going to need him. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. Then I'll go into uh, you know the Clippers didn't have you know a, a good uh, weekend. Uh, they lost. To both Minnesota, to both Minnesota and Atlanta, lost to Atlanta last night, and also Minnesota. Just when you thought that maybe the Clippers were starting to kind of figure things out, you know, they 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 lose their last two uh, games. So yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see if the Clippers kind of keep keep it up. There How much is well. that loss to Denver last Thursday is still hanging over their heads? Because I think that has a lot to do with it as well. 
Yeah, that might play a little bit of a part, but I feel like they need to kind of look. They're going to be placing facing Denver again. I think in what about a week or two. So I think they'll get their revenge. They just need to kind of take care of business, get what's in front of them, instead of you know trying to worry about a loss from uh, last week. Now going to you know back to you know going to you know Saturday's matchup. I mean, the Lakers got their revenge. You know, it took it, it literally you know, took <laughs> it literally took like a last second shot, not last second shot, but a go ahead shot by LeBron. He led the way with uh, thirty seven points. As they, it was a high scoring affair 100, 136 and 134. Uh, the Lakers edge out the Kings. They're they're they have the same record as the Bulls right now, as we're recording this at 19 and 21. So, and they're not even in the play in either. So, that's how deep the Western Conference is. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, could they figure it out? Could they get back to 500? Are they gonna can they make a move to kind of try to kind of get it going? You know, they, they've been able to kind of keep it sort of like on the rails with AD being out. So, I don't know. Yeah. Here's the thing. We talked about this before, Lakina. LeBron James is doing some amazing things at his age 38 now in his 20th NBA season. Mm-hmm. I know he's, I think he's less than 400 points or 500 points away from catching Kareem Abdul Jabbar's. Um, yeah, right about that. Yeah. Mark for career points in, uh, in the National uh, Basketball Association. But I know he's been begging, <clears throat> trying to force the hand of Jeannie and Rob Polinga to make a move. I don't know if the Lakers is going to be as easy to make a move. Part of it is LeBron's fault because he brought some of his friends in there. He hasn't all worked out. And so mm-hmm. uh, will the Lakers make a move uh, right before the trade deadline? I doubt it. Yeah, they also got a nice win, too. I saw a little bit of that game, too, against uh, Atlanta, 131-14. And uh, Victor Oladipo, he is back. You know, of course, you know, Miami lost uh, yesterday, but they did win his return against the Suns, 104 mm-hmm. uh 96 uh Oladipo led the way for for the heat with 26 points off the bench so you know a nice showing by him I mean you know it's definitely like I said I don't know if Miami they're 21 and 19 so they're kind of they've been you know 21 and 20 I should say now with their loss last night now could they kind of get back and try to make a move especially with Oladipo being back We'll have to wait and see, but yeah, it's gonna I think the heat's definitely gonna be like one of those teams where they're to look out for especially since now everybody's healthy yeah, a couple of the games I'm not from over the weekend. This is from last Friday's uh, schedule. Uh, the Hornets with a rare victory over the Milwaukee Bucks, 138-109. to But your Indiana Pacers, Lakina, may I sh- you should adopt them as your team this year. They keep on rolling. Uh, they beat the Trailblazers last Friday, 108-99. to Rick yeah, Carlisle should be up there for coach of the year. Yeah, d- yeah, he's definitely done, you know, found something there with this uh, team. Yeah, you know, Benedict Mathura, who, if not for Apollo Pacheco and what he's done, you definitely say he's going to be up there with, with him for uh, Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. Now, it'll be interesting to see if the Pacers can keep, can keep it up. I mean, I don't want to say they remind me of uh, last year's Cleveland team. I think they, they don't have that, you know, that that big guy up front yet. But mm-hmm. but I feel like they can kind of, you know, keep it going for a little bit. But, again, I want to see how they do this after the All-Star break. I would say talk to me about the All-Star break. They're right there, like, in the four or five range in the East. If they can keep it up, I mean, I'll take them seriously. I mean, I, I like, you know, I like their team. They have a great, you know, they can shoot from the you know, outside and such. But their, their interior defense, like the Bulls, their interior defense is what concerns me. So that, that's mm-hmm. going to be the thing to look out for in the end. As far as the Char- the Charlotte-Milwaukee uh, uh, game, I think, I think Gian- did Giannis play? I don't think Giannis didn't even play, I don't think. Did he or, or no? Yeah, he didn't play. So okay. yeah, so yeah, so that that's that's I don't want to say it's sort of like kind of like when the Bulls beat the the Sixers Sixers rather than beat, beat yeah. yeah the Hornets real the Hornets you know beat the Bucks without uh, Giannis so I, I think you know, you take the way if you're a Hornets you can take whatever way you can get from the Hornets but 
I think Milwaukee fans are not, you know, too uh, miffed about it since, you know, of course, you know, Giannis didn't play. It was a rest day for him. Yeah. Any other games that you want to review from the weekend before we get started with the this week's schedule? I think we pretty much covered everything. I know, I know Golden State got a, a nice win on the at home. I mean, I, I, I'm sure they could figure it out. I mean, you know, they lost to the, 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 the Magic, you know, on Saturday, I should say, but I'm not too worried. I know that uh, I think, you know, Seth's going to be reevaluated again, so we'll see if he can get clear. He may play. return on Friday. We're he not sure. Return. We'll see what yeah, happens. Nobody knows. Yeah, nobody really mm-hmm. knows. So, yeah, that, that's going to be like the wild card because they really definitely need him back. They've been up and down since he's been gone, so we'll mm-hmm. see what happens there. Now, going into the matchups, you know, for tonight, Monday, of course, we talk about the Bulls and, and uh, Boston. I don't know if it's going to be blacked out on NBA TV. So, yeah, here in yeah, Chicago, be, it will because locally it'll be seen on NBC Sports Chicago. Yeah, so, you know, unfortunately, we're not, that's good. for all of you outside of Chicago and Boston, it'll be on NBA TV. So, you guys can yes. check that out there. Uh, New Orleans and Washington, Milwaukee and New York. That should be a fun one. We'll see if Giannis plays. Uh, Memphis do have a game tonight, they, uh, they host San Antonio. At seven, at eight o'clock, you got Denver and uh, the Lakers. You know, the Denver, they those who have had some uh, tough uh, matchups this year, and Orlando and uh, Sacramento as Orlando uh, continues their West Coast trip. Yeah, this is the latest since 2004 that the Sacramento Kings have been over 500 in this yep. late into the season. It's been a long time as a head coach, Mike Brown, is trying to break that streak of, of consecutive years not making the playoffs. So last time the Sacramento Kings made the playoffs was the year 2006. Tomorrow's schedule Tuesday looks like this. At 6 o'clock, this all Central Standard Time starts. At 6 o'clock, we'll have Detroit and Philadelphia. Let's see if NB plays or not. At 6.30, the TNC Tuesday games uh, returns. Uh, the first game will feature the Oklahoma City Thunder at the Miami Heat. This should be an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Also, at 6.30, we'll have Charlotte at Toronto. At 8 o'clock, we'll have Cleveland at Utah as Cleveland continues their West Coast road trip. At 9 o'clock, as part of the TNT Tuesday night doubleheader, we'll have the Suns at the Steph Curry list, Golden State Warriors, two struggling teams right there. Uh, so we'll see what happens in that matchup. Also, at 9 o'clock, we'll have Orlando at Portland. And then at 9.30, we'll have Dallas at L.A. to take on the Clippers. Remember, they have a Brooklyn list uh, for your sons. You should uh, mention that. So that's yeah. Be, I know, I know uh, TNT kind of wishes that they were able to, they would have been able to flex out of that, especially since your, your, your two top stars from both teams mm-hmm. are out. Now, going to Wednesday's matchup, you got Minnesota and Detroit at six o'clock Central Time. Of course, you got the Bulls and the Wizards. You know, Bulls are trying to get their revenge because the last time, you know, they you know lost on a bad call, but that's a different. Yeah, that was in DC early in the season. Yep. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. gonna be uh that's a bad one there. But uh, the first game this should be a good one here. The first game of the ESPN Wednesday doubleheader. You got Milwaukee and Atlanta at six thirty. You got the Hornets and uh, the Pelicans. I should the Pelicans. I should say at Boston. That should be a fun one at six thirty. We'll see if John Morant will be able to play. Well, no, not not Moran, but uh, we'll see. Zion's going to be out too. I know they've kind of been struggling a little bit, you know, without him. Talk about the Pelicans, so it should be interesting how that goes there. Uh, the Pacers and the Knicks—they both have had their uh, matchups over the years, especially this season. That should be a fun one. The Spurs and Memphis. We'll see if John Moran plays in that game at seven o'clock on Wednesday. And they got the Suns and Denver. They're going to be off a of back-to-back, so. They've had uh, well, Phoenix their, will be yep mm-hmm. yeah so uh you know Phoenix is gonna that's gonna be interesting too your know, best with book being out so you're kind of at a crossroads there right now and the Rockets and Sacramento at nine o'clock I'm sure ESP probably wish they probably would have had this game instead but that's a whole different uh thing. yeah <laughs> both those young teams can run 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 uh wrapping up the schedule for the week before we commence on Friday uh Thursday schedule looks like this. Oklahoma City at Philadelphia at 6 o'clock. Uh, TNT NBA Thursday returns full-time between now and the end of the regular season. 
at 6.30 on Thursday on TNT. The first game of that doubleheader will have the Boston Celtics at the Kevin Durant-less Brooklyn Nets. So we'll see how, how that match up. This could be still be a play, playoff preview, but we'll see about that down the road. Also at 6.30, Milwaukee at Miami. Also at 6.30, Charlotte at Toronto. And at 9 o'clock, prior at TNT Thursday, th- doubleheader. We'll have Dallas at Los Angeles to take on LeBron James and the Lakers. And wrapping up the Thursday night schedule, Cleveland at Portland at 9 o'clock. Luka versus LeBron. That should be a good one there at 9 o'clock on mm-hmm. TNT. And those are your games for this week in the NBA. You're listening to Zegas City Sports on Sports in Chicago. Akita McGee, Cindy Brown with you as we wrap things up here. Okay, so time for old school TV Monday. I wish we had like some music here for this because... Yeah, this is the only few times I miss being back in the studio. <laughs> right, yeah, but uh, we'll, we'll figure that out as we go along. So what is the show for... We've been off for the last couple weeks because of the holidays, of course, and we've been doing mm-hmm. shows on Wednesdays, but what is the show for this week? Uh, this will come in perfect timing. We'll discuss as we go along. Let's sal- salute the Old school TV sitcom from NBC, Night Court. Ah, and a, perfect timing, yep. <laughs> yes, Night Court, you know what I mean. We'll tell you about for those of you that have been out of the we'll loop in just a moment. <laughs> but Night Court was an American television sitcom that, that aired on NBC from January 4th, 1984 till May 31st, 1992. The setting was the night shift of a Manhattan municipal court presided by over a uh, by a young orthodox judge, Harold Her- Harry T. Stone, portrayed by actor Harry Anderson. The series was created by comedy writer uh, Reinhold Reich, who was pre- who previously worked on Barney Miller in the 70s into the early mm-hmm. 80s. Uh, the main cast included Harry Anderson, as I just mentioned, the public defenders Gail Strickland, Paul Kelly, Ellen uh, Foley, Marky Post, who made her uh, name for herself uh, after this show. And the prosecutor was John Larroquette, who went on to bigger, better things after this show. And the bailiffs were Richard Moe, who became a cult figure in his own right mm-hmm. uh, after this, uh, during this TV series. Selma Diamond, Florence Halep, and Marsha Rolfe, who's from Chicago. My late mother, her family friend, uh, knew her sister, mm-hmm. Cassandra. So oh. Marsha Rolfe really paid her dues. And then the court clerks were Karen Olsen and Charles Robinson, who went on to do some great uh acting after this series as well lakina i uh, also the theme music uh was uh, was a jazz influence bass heavy theme uh, mm-hmm. tune composed by, composed by jack elliott featuring ernie watts on saxophone you know the video footage was prominent of new york city landmarks such as the brooklyn bridge in the new york county courthouse and uh we'll have some other stats in uh, in uh, nuggets in just a moment what was your thoughts about this y'all those i'm not going to say ahead of its time but it was, it was funny how, how they uh, told the, the, the cases and stories from a mm-hmm. comedic perspective. But yeah. I thought they really got that point across without having your finger waving in your face. Right, yeah. I mean, this show was like definitely well ahead of its time and very uh, underrated. Um, you know, they, it was the anniversary of the show actually just passed about a couple of days ago. It came, you know, I think it premiered, what, I think like January, I think 4th. January 4th. Yeah, 4th mm-hmm. yep, 1984. And you know, aired on NBC, obviously. And, uh, you know, it's definitely like, you know, I know people thought that really you're going to do a court show and, you know, it's, it's sort of, it was one of those shows that was well ahead of its time. It's very underrated. I feel like, because, you know, I feel like it never got its due. I mean, I think John Larroquette won like five Emmys for supporting actor in a comedy. And, and so, mm-hmm. you know, and even, and one thing is that even he said now that if it's show, well, we'll talk about the new uh, show, new, new version of it in a second, but mm-hmm. they just aired, they just started airing promos for it uh, on Sunday Night Football last night between the Lions and the Packers. But, you know, it, it was a little bit, 
not, not, not raunchy per se, but it was mm-hmm. it was a family it was a family sitcom. Oh my, I'll say no, it that, wasn't. So, so but like I say, it wasn't like Married with Children either. Right. But it was like the lighter version of Married with Children. But like I yeah. didn't have all that dirty language, obviously because right. it was uh, broadcast TV. But it was definitely in your face, and uh, each character had had his own personalities as well. Yeah, they had their own quirks and, you know, very eccentric, yeah. of course. You know, of course, uh, Judge Stowe was, you know, very eccentric and very young. You, you had uh, Dan Fielding, who I think I think John Larry can't even say and says now his character would have been canceled <laughs> if it would have been on now, which is ironic. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt that for a moment either. Right, he, he, he said that too. He said that with a smile on his face. But he got five Emmys, so he can, you know, talk about that. Mark right. Post, of course, you know, she kind of, you know, came on. She was actually, she's actually good at the second, the second, the, the opening episode of the second season, but she was still doing Fall Guy at the time, so... She mm-hmm. had to wait. Yeah, you know, they had to wait for that. But once that show, you know, was canceled, talk about the Fall Guy, she was able to come in full time. Charles Robinson joined the show in the second season as well. Uh, Selma Diamond, who, si- who sadly passed away due to uh, lung cancer, she actually I think she possibly won an Emmy was nominated for an Emmy for a supporting actress uh, the year. Uh, you know, Forrest Halp, you know, same thing. She you know, lost her life due to lung cancer as well. And I remember Mark Mark mm-hmm. Warfield said in an interview, you know, you know, people asked her like, "Well, are you kind of afraid because the two you know actresses, you know, previous actresses had lung cancer?" So she said she didn't smoke, so you know, she mm-hmm. really wasn't too worried about that. But she, you know, she, she of course she went on to do a bigger better things. You know, she was a great, you know, a nice. She had a nice, a new like fresh perspective, new like you know personality to the show and such. You know, Richard Mole, who I love, you know, who still. Who's still playing, you know, around with that? I think he still does voiceovers too. So, you know, he's still. Yeah, he is the first tall white guy I saw with a bald head. And he was embraced. (laughs) He was embracing a positive light because, not to take the conversation too far off topic, but you know, as you see, in particular, white men with bald heads, you think about the KKK. And you didn't think about that when you saw him. Yeah, he he did. They became a cold figure too, talking about Richard exactly, and, and Bull the character too. Ryan Wiggy, I think, of course, you know, he uh, wrote a lot for uh, Barney Miller. You know, won multiple Emmys, so mm-hmm. you know, he kind of you know carried that over to uh, Night Court. And look, Night Court, you know, they cover your know, various topics and, and such. So they were they didn't go there. They were you know very funny. They were very uh, light. You know, it gave a great. It was definitely a good tail into a great uh, block comedy on, on on Thursday night and also Wednesday nights. Uh, Wednesday night as well, mm-hmm. but it felt like it wasn't really treated very well, too, especially in the later part. I mean, I remember, um, uh, I think I, were, I don't know if with Harry Anderson or, or John Larkett, they said that they were supposed to, you know, it, there were words that they, they might come on for another season, but they didn't. So they were mm-hmm. kind of, you know, they had to like reshoot everything or rewrote everything, but then it actually ended up being the last season, you know, in 92. So it, it was just, it was just terrible how they were treated in the end. But uh, yeah, I mean, like nine seasons, almost 200 episodes. I mean, Look, it was it was a great show for what it was. I mean, going into the newer, well, I, well I'll let you finish up here you know, with the with the the, the previous version because I think I love the you know, the various stars that they had on there. They had walk mm. walk out uh recurring roles, I should say, on on that show. Basically, everybody for anybody who was anybody you know, had uh, reoccurring spots on that show. I think William Ute played like multiple characters. Who's, mm-hmm. You know, Mel Tome, you know, of course, you know, I know uh, Harry was, uh, was obsessed with him. So, you know, that was yeah. pretty funny, especially at the time. So, uh, yeah, you know, it was definitely a who's who with a lot of the folks at the time in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah, just a couple of the stats and notes before we get to the new series. Uh, uh, the TV show Nightcore actually has a connection to the hip hop world. Nightcore's thing was sampled to the remix of Cameron's 1998 single, uh-huh. Horse and Carriage. Yes. It was produced by uh, Daryl Digger Branch. Featuring Big Pun, Charlie Baltimore, remember her? Yes. <laughs> White Glass John and Celtic Shocker from Master P's crew from back, uh, back in the day. And for the for for the entire show, it was nominated for 31 Emmys, 
uh, winning seven. And it was all, and it also received many awards and nominations in the areas of lighting, editing, editing, sound mixing, and technical direction. Yeah, actually, yeah, one I think one one for technical directing too, because mm-hmm. it was actually really you know the, the sound mix was actually really cool at the time. So uh, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, Nightcore was like well ahead of its time and such. You know, it kind of gave like a cool like perspective of late night you know courts in the big city. So. Yes. That was actually pretty funny. Now, going to the new series, of course, if you guys haven't heard, you didn't watch uh, the previews from us, you know, last night's Sunday Night Football matchup between the Lions and the Packers. There's a newer version of Nightcore that's going to be coming out in, like, next week, I think. Uh, yeah. Melissa Rauch, who, uh, who you know, Fake Fake Theory, love her. She, you know, she'll be playing. She's actually the creator and the producer, one of the co-creators and the producers of this new version. She'll be she'll be playing uh, Harry Stone's daughter. And... You know, Coach John Larrican will be back. You know, reprise his role of, of Dan Fielding. They're gonna have a couple other uh, great uh, supporting characters as well. It's for me. It's gonna be very. I'll check it out, but it's gonna be very hard. Of course, you know, Harry Stone. You know, passed away, but I think it was like 2017 or 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Charles Robinson and Marky Post. They both passed away with I think it was six months of each other last year. It's gonna unless. I'm sure they're gonna do so. I'm sure they'll they'll do something in the first couple of episodes. I'm sure they'll do something maybe in the to next honor episode. their memory. Of, honor yeah, they three, have to. The three yeah. of them. They they have to. I hope they bring on Richard Mall and uh, Marsha Warfield at some point to kind of do like a remembrance to them because it's only, it's only fair that they do that. It, it looks it looks okay, but I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it's, it, it has I'll, the same I'll, power? I'll check out a couple of episodes and I'll give my honest thoughts about it to to see what they've done. Like you said, without the original crew, as you mentioned, with those three cast members passing away, uh, it's going to be hard. I just want to see what uh, which actors, new actors, they give a full shot if they want to fill those roles, playing those old characters or the, those characters' uh, children now, because it's been over 20, 20 almost thirty years. Yep. Since that last show aired, so you know a lot is changing. They're going to stick to their original script, and also too, some of the stuff that they did then they probably can't do now. <laughs> so, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So you probably can't get away with that. You know, like I said, you know, John, you know, Larkin has said multiple times. I don't think his character will be able to get away with some of the stuff. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how what his character does now, or maybe they'll probably bring up a lot of that stuff that he did back in the day. You know, Abby stood, of course. You know, playing Harry Stone. You know, you know Mr. Rush will be playing that role. So. I'll mm-hmm. check it out, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be very hard. You know, rebates can be look sometimes rebates can work, but sometimes it doesn't. So I'll be yeah. pulling for this one, but it, it's gonna be a little hard. I know we run it. So we're first we want to salute to the old school NBC TV sitcom Night Court. But before I know we're up against it, Lakina. But before we uh, head out, we want to send our um, yeah send our well wishes to yep. uh, in baseball. Chicago White Sox closer Liam Hendricks. Yes. Uh, he announced on his Instagram page yesterday, confirmed by the Chicago White Sox, that he has non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. He began his treatments today. He says he's going to uh, vow to return to the baseball mound soon. When will that be? We don't know, but we wish Liam Hendricks uh, and his family all the best as he's going to go through this uh, challenging challenging time i know when he signed with the white Sox a couple of seasons ago that he wanted to make a big difference within the community he has done that so far i know he's rubbed some people the wrong way but he's always been that honest guy that that tells it like it is we saw that mm-hmm. last year when white Sox failed to make the playoffs but uh leon hentress is a stand-up guy uh we all know we, we we know that last year he lost his grandfather early in yeah. the last season so mm-hmm. uh it's been uh, tough for him for the last year or so but i have no doubt that he's going to get through this and we're thinking about you liam hendrix so from all of us here at sports on chicago and second city sports uh best of well wishes in, in your 
uh, in your recovery, kick cancer's ass, and we'll definitely see you back on the baseball mound very soon. Yeah, I, I have my bets on Mr. Hendrick. If anybody can kick, you know, look, cancer sucks, and you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's unfortunate. But if anybody can kick it, kick its butts, it's definitely Liam Hendricks. I will not bet against him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll go for you, Liam. And I know you're, you, you got, and I said on Twitter, like, yes, last night, you, you got this. So, you know, mm-hmm. kick cancer's butt. And we know, and we know that you will. Now, uh, some good news here. You know, I want to end on a kind of a, a lighter note. Mm-hmm. Lamar Hamlin has been released from the hospital. I just saw uh, some of the various uh, websites. He's been discharged from the hospital. He's on his way back to Buffalo. I'm sure they're still going to monitor him and such. You know, I'm sure they'll see, you know, what what the next is going to be for him, especially with rehabilitation and wise, but just amazing that you mm-hmm. went from you know last week what happened and then now to him now being discharged. It's just nothing sort of amazing. So uh, of course you know continue to prayers to him and hopefully getting you know forget the other football stuff. You know that that'll that'll be taken care of in due time. But mm-hmm. you know a full recovery. You know I think it's more important right now. The football stuff can be like I said we can be taking care of that later. Yeah, like I said, just him being getting back to life and doing normal things and having his health and without any um, major assistance, uh, that's the most important thing. Like you said, other stuff will fall into place later. Absolutely. And on that note, I want to say, I wanted on a happy note there, so I'm glad we got that's that. Fine. That's fine. That's <laughs> fine. You can follow me at Keita McGee on the Twitter and accuser McGee on the IG. <clears throat> what a way to end the show today, so uh, yeah. there's no complaints, no complaints here. You can follow your truly, uh, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, S-I-D-K-I-D-E-A-0, S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And make sure you give War Media a follow at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. I was almost, I almost hit my head for a second there. <laughs> like, <laughs> share, I almost, I almost hit my head for a second there. Uh, like, I'm okay though, folks. Like, 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 share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And we'd like to thank Mike Chen from USA Today Sports Media Group for hopping on with us today to talk college hoops and college um, football. Of course, tonight we'll have the TCU-Georgia matchup. That's at 7.15 Central Standard Time from Los Angeles on ESPN, ESPN2. I'm sure they're going to have some other alternative casts on uh, ESPN News. And I forgot the other shows. Yeah, yeah, ESPN News, ESPN Radio. I, know I think the a- like- uh, SEC Network too is yep. going to be involved in yep. it as well. So yeah, so check that out. We'll give you our reviews on Friday. And don't forget, you catch Sports of Chicago on Roku TV. Roku, you know, get, yeah, get up Chicago, of course. Also, too, you know, whatever device you got, you know, on your Roku uh, app or Roku on your smart TV, whatever device that you have, you know, just sit, search Sports on Chicago. The show's right all the mm-hmm. it's right there. You can follow us, you know. You can watch the shows anytime you want. You know, our show, Sean and Maya. What's up, cuz? I know uh, Jason's going to be uh, kicking your butt you know, for, the, for the Dolphins going back to the playoffs. Yeah, he's very happy <laughs> today. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know he's in a good mood today. Also, too, the Smoke Bellas as well. So, uh, yeah. But, you know, check out What's Up, cuz tonight at 6. But, uh, yeah. So, you can catch our shows and their shows whenever, wherever you want, however you want it. So, you know, it's all right there for you. All right. Take us home. All right, you know, enjoy the weather out there. It's going to be, I know it's a little bit warmer for this time of year, so, but still, we don't dress up, folks, because you never know. But, uh, you know, enjoy all the games out there. You got, you got NBA, you know, previewing the Super Wild Card weekend, the NFL, also, too, your know, college hoops, a great college hoops action this week as well. Make sure you guys check that out. Sid's going to be checking it out, too. You know, he doesn't know it yet. <laughs> for <laughs> Sid, for Sid, I'm the Kansas Miss Second City Sports on Sports Social Chicago. Have a great week, great and safe week, everybody, and we'll see you Monday, uh, Friday. 
but Friday. Friday, Friday. <laughs> Giving us an early day off. I didn't know that. Nah, Sorry, my we'll bad. See you. My bad. Yeah, yeah Friday, we'll definitely see Friday, you on Friday. Yes, yes. We'll definitely see you on Friday. Till then, go Bulls. Holla. <laughs>